Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where I essentially highlight my creative journey and extract the various lessons that I've been learning, as well as the various techniques that I have learned from the past and how I'm applying them in new context, if you will. Now, what's kind of interesting is that for the most part, even though my, my goal has always been to help aspiring artists uh, find success, and you know, part of that, I've always touted the idea of mastering mental fortitude because it's not enough to just have the talent and the skills. You also have to have that mental fortitude, that grit, whatever you want to call it, uh, because you know, the, the entertainment industry is, is just going to knock you down at times. And the reason I highlight this is because, uh, you know, in the current context of the world, it gets a little bit tough to talk about just uh, just the creative aspects alone, especially with this vlog, you know, when I'm highlighting my journey. It's, it's a separate thing to just highlight, you know, when I, when I do my lessons, because I can pick those out and I can, you know, make it kind of very specific and... You know, I contextualize what's going on, but nonetheless, they can kind of veer away from the various things. But, you know, if I'm going to be candid about kind of my life and my creative journey, well, it, of course, is in the larger context of life itself. And, you know, for the most part, with with COVID-19 and things like that, you know, it's uh, kind of, you know, I think I think we're all you know, trying to grapple with what does this mean and so forth, you know, uh, our sense of control, our sense of, you know, I think politics, I think I see a lot of people being a lot more political than they have been in the past. Certainly that applies for me as well. I'm not just saying that for other people that that's for me too. And we're all trying to figure out, okay, like, you know, what, what does this mean for me as well? Uh, what, what are the steps that I can take and, and whatever else in this journey of mine? And I think, you know, there's kind of like a lot of questions. You know, for me, uh, I, in a lot of ways, have been trying to be as creative as I can be. But what I find myself kind of doing is more of like the the administrative side of creativity versus like the actual pure creation. And what I mean by this, like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll get... I'll get a sound file from my movie where I have to deliver notes and I'll listen to it and I'll give notes. While, yes, there is a certain level of creativity involved, it's more of a critical st standpoint versus the act of pure creation. I'm not actually, you know, creating the sound, let's say, from scratch. Uh, you know, and my job is kind of a big, you know, that, that's what I do. Like, with my full-time job uh, with Cadence 13, I... I edit podcasts and I record podcasts and, and whatever else, but I'm not the one like creating them from scratch, you know, that's uh, whoever the host is and the guest and like they're kind of working on that. And, uh, and so, you know, it, like there's a difference to me, the, the, the pure act of like screenwriting. So I'm trying to, you know, work on what will hopefully be my second film and, you know, even though like I've written the most pages that I have in a while, it was sort of like pulling teeth. Now, granted, it, it's kind of, you, you can look at the creative process and say like, whenever you're starting a new project, it always is like, no matter how many times you do it, 
whenever you essentially reset and start a new project, you're at the beginning point. And there's always going to be that sort of uh, wheel in the mud type of moment, uh, if you will. At least that's the way I've experienced it. That's the way when I talk to various creatives, that's the way they experience it as well. You know, it's it, it, it gets a little bit easier because you have a tool set that you can pull from, but nonetheless, like you still have to go through the mental process and, and that effort, like the effort doesn't change, um, of which you have to kind of put towards, towards any creative project. And I think it, it gets a little bit hard to discern of, is this just the natural version of that? Or is it, is it compounded based on everything that's going on in, in the greater world? And I think, you know, there, there's definitely a part of me that can say and like, oh, it's just an excuse as, as Stephen Pressfield would say, that's just resistance. But I also think, I don't know, um, you know, I look at the larger context of last week and I don't know, it seemed like a, just a, a very tough week. Um, I was rattled in a number of ways and, you know, it goes back to what I was saying, like as a creative right now, I think we have to contextualize things. And so what I mean by this is, you know, I'm, I don't want to just bury my head in the sand and not know what's going on. But to that same token, it's like, if I check Twitter, if I check Facebook or just even the news, it's like, there's, there's really, you know, everything's very sensationalized. Everything's like just kind of in your face and, uh, you know, there's not, there's not much good news <laughs> that, that I'm seeing. Like really, I'm not saying there's no good news, but the, the stuff that are, I'm seeing that's being highlighted, it's, it's very polarizing. It's a very, you know, uh, to the nth degree type stuff and, and it can be exhausting. And where for me, I really, you know, it, it really got heavy was when I see, started seeing friends of mine post on Facebook about uh, this documentary called Plandemic and um, Dr. Uh, Doctor Judy. And, you know, I read some of the claims. Now, mind you, like I saw, I saw people posting about it like Wednesday, like at the, at the threshold of this, this was and I'll kind of talk about that. So the timeline of, of various things, but you know, I saw this and these are, this was posted by people that I respected that I've hung out with and that I, that I do love. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say like, we're like close, close, you know, like best friends. Like I would say that I am with friends like Daryl Kristen or Ian Kaiser, or, um, people along those lines, but nonetheless, you know, we're, we're friendly and there's respect. And so I said, okay, you know, this seems a little bit far-fetched for me, but let me, let me be open-minded. Let me not just, you know, let me me not just like shove this aside because I don't think it fits with my narrative. I don't want to be that type of person. So I went down this rabbit hole of watching what is like being dubbed part one of this like giant documentary. It's about 26 minutes. Uh, And, you know, for the most part, it's like this interview with, with um, this Dr. Judy, I'll just call her Dr. Judy. And, you know, she's making these claims. Now, I also checked out a two-hour interview with her on Value Entertainment and, you know, checked that out. And, you know, as I was kind of, I I just kept digging deeper and deeper because, like, it was a very 
big head scratch. I was like, no one, this is like outrageous, right? Like there was, there, there was kernels of like truth, but they were, they, they, they were taken to the furthest extreme. You know, they were taken to like this almost like sci-fi logical conclusion, if you will. And so it just didn't sit well with me. Now, in the two-hour interview, the Value Entertainment one, there a big part at the beginning that is kind of made um, is this idea that Simon Schuster published Dr. Judy's book, and you know that could have been like enough, but like they they literally spent like two minutes talking about how like Simon Schuster doesn't just publish any book, they. They have lawyers comb over that stuff because they, you know, they don't want to get sued because they would be liable. And therefore, like, that's what gives the guest credibility as opposed to being someone that is self-published, right? Okay, so I understand that. I, I, I can get behind that. So I was like, okay, I can get, I can try to, like, look up these various scientific documents that they're talking about. But I'm not going to have, like, any clue as to whether or not, like, how to, how to interpret it, right? That's not my world. But, you know, I could hang my hat on the idea that Simon Schuster published her book. So I go on Amazon, I check out her book, and, you know, you could do, like, a preview of Inside. And in there is the publisher, right? You know, the copyright and so forth. Now, it's not Simon Schuster. Okay, fine. You know, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, you have companies like Searchlight Pictures, which is owned by Disney. So, you know, I was like, okay, uh, maybe this is like one of those, one of those things. And by the way, this is, this is, this happens in publishing all the time. The notion of, you know, uh, you, you have like main publishers and then you have like all these offset branches underneath them. Right. So I said, like, okay, this, this is pretty common. So let me, let me, let me look up this publisher that actually did publish her book and see if they're, you know, a subsidiary an affiliate, whatever the term, of Simon & Schuster. Now, turns out that is not the case. And so, you know, this obviously raises a huge red flag because that was like the main entry point into why this woman is so credible. And so, you know, I, I go back to the people that I know and I, I post this of like, hey, like, you know, this is, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit her other points. Again, some of it seems you know, based on a kernel of the truth, I don't know how truthful, but but certainly like there's at least a nugget of truth, but it makes it very hard for me to believe it when this was a huge red flag. And what I got in terms what I got in terms of response, that was the thing that really just I don't know, just hit me in the face because it was much more like you're just completely brainwashed by mass media you know, and whatever else. And there was no desire to have an actual debate. Not even a debate, just just a discussion, you know, a question, like the, the very thing that I was being asked to do, which was to question everything that I believed in and to kind of see the truth. Well, all of a sudden, you know, here's this like video and it's like, this is now the truth. And it's like, well, I did, I did my own research. I didn't, I didn't, and the reason I mentioned when I kind of began this, this whole little story that this was Wednesday, you know, early morning type of deal was because this is pre, uh, mass media and other YouTubers really debunking this whole, uh, this whole thing, you know, the pandemic, 
uh, conspiracy theory. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm, I, this, is, this is through my own volition. And it just got to a head. And it's really sad because I ultimately ended up uh, unfriending a lot of people. I was like, I, I, I can't. You know, I, at first, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, li- I listened to Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose is what the name of the podcast series is. And he did an episode about like the five stages of, of grief and how they apply to right now uh, coronavirus times. And, you know, I, I, I like, I just, at, the reason why that's relevant for me is because like at first, like I just, the reason why I unfriended so many people is just like, I, I couldn't, you know, um, I, 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 I needed to distance myself and from, from them, from that thinking in general. And, you know, I, I was quite like upset, like, how could they think this, whatever else, like I was pretty, pretty shook, right? And I literally spent like, just the majority of like the next two days, meaning Wednesday and Thursday, kind of thinking about this whole thing. And, you know, through that whole process, I did get to the point of like, you know, uh, I, th- I think people are so scared. They want such a sense of control that, and there's such fear. And depending on like, you know, uh, I, I, if I was in a similar position, I could have been just as apt to believe this and, and try to defend this notion. And so rather than be combative, you know, I, I, I ended up going to the place of compassion and sim- sympathy. Doesn't mean like I, you know, friended the people that I unfriended, but, you know, I can still put up a boundary but nonetheless, you know, it, I, I got to that place of understanding and so forth. And, you know, now at the end of the day, like, we're all, including myself, like, I'm a human being. And, like, th- that doesn't mean it, it weighs on me. And that doesn't mean, like, I'm not affected by it. I certainly was. Uh, I, you know, in a lot of ways, like, between between that and kind of the racial divide that I'm seeing, certainly with everything that happened in Georgia, you know, I... I it kind of got to thinking about it, you know, I don't want to be like, I, it would be very easy for me to just kind of turn off, um, turn off my social media and whatever else. Like, but I didn't want to be that person because there's, um, there's, there's a book called white fragility. And I've talked about it in a prior episode about how, like, you know, the pyramid of racism at the top, you have like the KKK or, you know, people people of that nature where it's just so overt and whatever else but that's the top of the pyramid because you can kind of see it um and it's it, it's not that it's not bad but it's certainly uh you know much more visible but the foundation of you know racism also is rooted in the idea of uh you, you know being a political uh you know not standing up like just 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 minor egregiences, if you will, you know, so like, and so just by like being able to quote unquote choose not to like see that stuff uh, is a huge privilege that I have. And, you know, that's not right. So I don't, I didn't want to be that person. So it was just kind of coming at me from, you know, I allowed myself to essentially like just be, you know, open for batting practice, if you will. I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of blanking on some analogies and words, but nonetheless, you know, so it kind of came at me and I know, and again, sometimes, you know, you have to also, it, it goes back to, you know, the part of self-care. Like I'm a true believer in self-care 
obviously. Uh, I hope you kind of understand that at this point. But, you know, you, you, you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself before you can help anyone else. So I understand that. But, but I also know way too many people that kind of choose not to do anything because it, quote unquote, doesn't affect them and so forth. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I just kind of took it to heart because I also know a lot of people that say they are advocates of like, you know, pro-black and things like that. And they chose to be quiet about it. Um, and so it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like you can't say you're, you want to help and then just decide to like bury your head in the sand. Because I know, I know they were aware of, of this, this, you know, what would happen, this story. They just chose not to sort of get involved because it might have been too political. Uh, and, and that's not good to me, you know. And, and so, like, part of me is trying to figure out that line of, you know, being informed, caring, and so forth, but at the same time not let it <laughs> destroy me, essentially. Um, that kind of might be a little bit hyperbolic, but, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of based on last week. Yeah, I have that kind of feeling and emotion, you know. The good news is uh, on Friday, we did a Zoom call with me and my closest friends and uh, it just felt great. You know, like sometimes Zoom calls can be a little bit exhausting because you have to like, you know, put yourself on and, and, you know, be a performance, if you will. But what was great about all of us is like that just went out the window. Like one of our friends literally kept falling asleep and whatever else. And like, you know, we just let them sleep during the call and you know, and then they wake up and be like, okay, you know, and then they fall asleep. Like there was nothing, it, it was, it, it was no different than like, you know, us just hanging out and someone just, you know, falling asleep on the couch and like, we just be like, all right, we'll let them sleep it off. They're tired. Uh, you know, and that, that, that was cool. And, uh, so that, that revitalized me, if you will, um, in that way. So, you know, and I, and again, I, I know I've been kind of talking about life in general, but, but it creates the context for, for all of this. And I, you know, I imagine it does for you, like we're all in different positions, but that doesn't mean like that there aren't similarities in terms of how we're processing certain things. Uh, and I think, you know, going, going back to what Jay Shetty was talking about, like the five stages of grief, like you can actually fluctuate from one to the other, you know, uh, there's been weeks where like, I've been, a lot better. Um, and then it feels like, you know, it's like, I, you almost feel like, oh, well, now that you're sort of used to being in quarantine and things like that, that you should kind of have a handle on things. But it's like, no, you can, you can take a step back, you know, two steps forward, one step back, two steps, you know, all that stuff. And I, you know, all, all of that stuff is true. And so we just have to kind of be aware of them. You know, one of the things for me in an effort to, really um kind of just get my my head right you know people have meditation people do yoga you know people work out for me i i'm not a big like i hate the idea of like going to the gym and working out and you know i was trying to do some at-home exercise and things like that and i was like let me just go biking you know i've always loved biking and for me what's great about that is i you know i I can go biking and um i see things like it's it, 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 it's not just doing something for the sake of doing it, for the sake of like fitness, like the, there's an exploration, there's a curiosity. So 
So I've been trying to do more biking like at least three times a week. So that has kind of helped me and, and kind of reset me a little bit. You know, I, I still feel like there's there's just so much constantly being thrown at us in terms of the news cycle and just life in general that, uh, <laughs> you know, even, even like three times a week wasn't enough. But, um, you know, I, I think that's where I'm going to try to find the balance, you know, bike, be informed, but not like be on social media all the time and things like that. Um and that's sort of helped. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, all of us do cope in different ways. Like, I think I, you know, last week I took a lot of naps as well. It was like, you know, at least like with one, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like my, like my brain was exhausted. Even though I wasn't like doing much, my brain was just so exhausted that I, you know, ultimately would just take a lot of naps during the day and, uh, you know, just kind of, work through that, work through that stuff, you know, and, um, in a sense, like, I, I'm at, like, a lot of us make to-do lists, I certainly make my to-do list, but, you know, it was like, I also kind of just identified, like, what is the bare minimum, so I would start my day, and, like, what, what is the absolute thing that I just would need to get done, and then, like, you know, I would essentially kind of just crash, and, like, take a nap, and then, like, you know, I would just look at this other stuff as, like, bonus stuff, you know, um, and that can feel sort of, when you have like big aspirations that can feel very de- debilitating. It's like, why don't I have the energy for this? You know, I sh- I should be utilizing my time, you know, especially now, like st- while we're still in quarantine, you know, um, you know, I should be putting that to use. But I think, I think that's where there's a misconception. I feel like people have kind of adopted this idea that like uh, the, you know, quarantine itself is like this race. And the end of quarantine is supposed to represent something, right? Like, if you don't get X, Y, and Z done by the time we end quarantine, you are a failure. It's like, that's not the case. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about just, like, progressing forward in in whatever way. And if you don't, like, quote-unquote, get everything done by the time quarantine ends, that doesn't make you a failure. Like, you still progress in that way. And And so... You know, I, I always look at it like, let me, you know, what do I need to get done? And and oftentimes, like for me, you know, that, that certainly includes like walking the dogs, but it includes like my job. Like what, what, what do I need to absolutely just get done um, in order to be, you know, so, so that way I don't have to like worry about anything else. Uh, so I, I get those things done and anything beyond that is kind of like a bonus at times, you know? And so it's okay to, to feel like that and, and operate on that, that notion if you will, uh, you know, and doesn't mean that that has to be your mode of operation for forever, you know, but sometimes, you know, when, when things are heavy as they are, uh, you know, it's okay to, to allow yourself to have that. Okay. So I've been kind of talking a lot about heavy things. And one final thing that I sort of want to talk about before I transition into the actual creative and, you know, I hopefully will be more cheerful. It is more cheerful for me. Uh, hopefully it comes across that way, but, um, you know, healthcare. So I was having a discussion with my mom and we were talking about health insurance and things like that. And, uh, we kind of went back and forth and <laughs> I think we, we both ultimately weren't hearing each other. And I, it was just, I don't know. Um, I think I, I just wasn't a place to, to talk about it because it just felt like another criticism, another thing that like I was doing wrong. And I know that for her, it comes from a good place of like, you know, she wants me to be taken care of and be thinking about these things. Uh, so I don't take that away from her. But, 
you know, it is shitty to think about. Like, I know many people, like, I've talked about this with many friends. We just have healthcare for the sake of, like, saying we have healthcare, but it doesn't do jack shit. Like, I know people who have healthcare uh, and, like, most places, they can't even get a physical because, like, their insurance isn't accepted. Uh, I know, like, people, you know, people sometimes go and they end up, like, the out-of-pocket cost you know, they're paying like 100 to 150 like a month for the health insurance. And every time, like even with a physical, they end up paying uh, a large amount of money just to get the physical. And it's like, well, what the hell do I have this insurance for? Like, it just feels useless. And then when you kind of really look at it in terms of like, you know, emergency and like what you're actually getting, you know, like you would hope like, okay, fine, maybe, maybe I'm just paying this stuff at the moment. You know, but like if, if, if a, you know, you, you have insurance because God forbid there's that, that big emergency um, that really does kick your ass. I don't wish it upon anyone. I don't wish it upon myself. Nonetheless, like that's why you have insurance or you hope so. And it's like when you really break it down, like, you know, most I've, I've talked about this again with my friends. And it's like our insurance really doesn't do shit. <laughs> you're, you're still going to pay a crap ton of money when you have an actual emergency. And I, I understand the argument of like, well, at least like, you know, um, getting, you know, a couple thousand bucks still helps and whatever else. And it's like, yeah, but if if you're only getting like four grand and like your your whole thing is going to be like 15 to 20 grand, it's like, that doesn't, what the fuck am I paying a hundred bucks a month for, um, you know, for years on end? Like, I might as well like save that money instead. Like, and the whole notion that we, got to take away healthcare and the affordable healthcare act. And so like, you know, I, it's interesting to me, like you can walk through, you know, before quarantine and all that, like you could walk through like a Barnes and Noble or any other bookstore and you know, have business, uh, personal wealth and, you know, just finance in general. Right. And you certainly have sections for medicine, but there's not like re- a real section for like healthcare. And I, to my knowledge, and by the way, if, if you know of a great book, please, please let me know because I would love to A, read it, B, share it. Uh, but if, if there is like a book that just teaches you how to get good health insurance and like how the healthcare system actually does work. You know, I, 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 I often turn to like Tony Robbins' Money Master the Game. Like I, I think that's a wonderful book in terms of finance. Now, is it the only one? Like there, there's, you know, Broke Millennial has two great books and things like that. And, you know, other people can say theirs. But like the fact that we can't even debate, like what's the best health insurance book out there? Like that's problematic. And maybe I'm just blind to it, but I, it's not like I, I, it's not like I haven't necessarily done research. But again, please, please prove me wrong if that is the case. Like I, I would love to be proven wrong, but um, I feel like, if this is the case, like, I, I don't think I'm the person to step up, but I, I, I really would love for someone to step up and write that book. Uh, and I've kind of, you know, I've thrown out this idea like a year or two ago. And the response I got was like, the problem with health insurance is that like between laws, like it's just so constantly changing that to write anything that, that actually has just the principles is next to impossible. And, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but it certainly sounds plausible. And if that's the case, it's like, we, we got a whole nother issue. Uh, and so it, 
again, it's just another thing that like is pretty discouraging in that way. So it's like, how can you be creative when these are all the things that, that are on your mind? Um, but yeah, you know, nonetheless, like, uh, you know, you, 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 you try to do what you can and you try to extract yourself from this and say like, what, what do I have control over? So when it came to like the Georgia thing, it was like, I could post about it. I could sign a petition. I could, um, you know, I could, I could leave a message with, with, um, you know, uh, my friend Courtney Stewart, she provided an email that I could, you know, make my voice heard. Right. Uh, certainly like, you know, voting falls into this category and things like that. So there are things that we can do and they are important. Um, and sometimes they don't feel like these grand gestures, but nonetheless, you know, I think we, we all have to, you know, just accept like this, this is the control that we have. And, you know, that's why we have to do these things. Um, and then secondly, it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, you can only control you. And just like, what am I going to do about it? So again, for me, biking was that thing. Um, you know, seeing, be, trying to be as creative as I could, you know, I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit in front of the computer for two hours today and I'm just going to work on the script. I don't know what I'll get done, but I'll have two options, work on the script or just sit at the computer. You know, it, it, Neil Gaiman kind of talks about it. He can either write or not do anything, but nothing else. So it was kind of, you know, I kind of went into that and, um, you know, I have 10 pages written. Uh, definitely like there's parts that I'm like, Ooh, this is pretty good at least right now, but you know, I reserve the right to change my mind. And there's definitely parts I'm like, all right, uh, this dialogue's way too on the nose, but I have nothing better. So let me just kind of keep it moving type of thing. Um, so, so far I have 10 pages of a script written, you know, so be it. That's, you know, um, so I can do that. Right. Um, on the plus side, you know, uh, the, my editor finally finished up the draft of my novel. And so now I kind of got to address a couple of notes here and there. Um, right now it came in at about like 89.5 or um, 89,500 words. Um, again, the original kind of goal was overall just try to get it to closer to 80,000. Now that's still a big leap and I think it would lose a lot of the characterizations and so forth. So, you know, that's, that's the conversation we're going to have and see how much we want to actually go. And, uh, it'll be interesting because I'm always one. I think, you know, there are artists who refuse to cut down on their work and I don't want to be that person because I think things can drag on unnecessarily. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it to lose its heart. So I think, um, it'll be a, a, a true discussion that I have to have and, and be open to it, you know, and, um, part of it, I think, some of it will be like, all right, you know what? Let's just try it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work type of thing. But the, but the overall positive as well is that, again, it's it's done in terms of like, it's a lot more polished. Like if, if you know, in a sense, like if I if I don't cut it down anymore, then then it still flows like right now really well. Like it's, it's, it's a good novel. It could, of course it can improve, but nonetheless, like it's, it's really good for what I can write, right? Is it like, you know, on the level of Stephen King or, uh, um, why am I blanking on their names? Um, Ernest Hemingway or, you know, just any great writer, Mark Twain, whatever else, right? Uh, not, not, no, no, I don't, I don't, you know, that's not for me to decide, nor do I think that, but, but for what I am capable of, 
it is right at this point in time, it is, it is the best I can do. Um, again, that doesn't mean I can't trim it down and things like that, but, but it, is, it, it is wonderful. Um, now, the benefit too is now I, I have the ability to start to send it out to publishers and see if they might be interested in it. So we'll see. We'll, I'll, I'm going to begin that process this week as well. Uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, I, I'm almost expecting rejections, certainly from at least, you know, a couple places. Uh, you know, it, it's, I, I've set, shared the story before, but like JK Rowling, when she first submitted Harry Potter, she got, you know, a rejection letter back her first one. And she was so proud because she's like, now I am a writer. And she, she framed the rejection letter. So, you know, I don't know. I don't want to like glorify rejection letters for myself but nonetheless you know i you know i did what i could and now it's it's up to them and if for some reason you know i send it to like thousands of publishers and no one wants it then i'll self-publish so be it right i i I always have that option um and that's the beauty of the day and age we live in um but but yeah you know that's kind of the other thing that i've been working on and uh I think what the, the the third thing that's really been helping is I've been working on the how-to book. You know, it's how-to slash a memoir of how I made my movie. And that's been fun to kind of do. I just, you know, dictate. Because rather than, like, sit at a computer and write it, I just kind of dictate um, into a microphone, knowing that I have to, like, edit it heavily. But at least it gives me a base of, like, a starting position versus just sitting there at a computer. It's a lot faster. It's a lot more fun. It's almost like as if I'm doing an interview, like I'm asking my own questions, like I'm being the the host in my head, asking myself these questions, kind of answering them. So it's been good. But anyway, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been working on. Um, You know, I I aim to be, I feel a lot better. Um, I think part of it is like just doing this, you know, I think journaling is a big thing you can do for yourself. And I I journal as well because it just kind of releases you of your own thoughts. But, but it just feels for me, it also feels great to, to do this because like sometimes, you know, writing, uh, I can't, I can't write as fast as I think. And I don't think most people can. And so like just the ability to say this and also like, in a sense, like cement my thoughts and put it out into the world, um, you know, yeah, it, I think this has been beneficial for me in a lot of ways. Um, and hopefully this isn't just me rambling for the sake of rambling. Hopefully, like, this has helped you in whatever way that, that it might have helped you, whether it's inspiring, whether you got some certain takeaways, you know. Um, I hope it, hope it's beneficial. Anyway, that's, that's kind of what I have in terms of <laughs> what my week has been like overall. Um, I wish you, I wish you good health. I wish you sanity um, and creativity, but if, if creativity doesn't come this week for you, you're not a, you're not a loser. You're not a failure. Um, you know, it's just it just is. You know, sometimes sometimes you got to take a step back and move forward. So don't be don't be afraid of that. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to tune in. If you have any questions, thoughts of your own, especially if, as I mentioned, if you have a book recommendation for health insurance, please let me know. I would love to read it and share it. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to tune in. It truly means a lot to me. And hopefully you'll join me for my lessons as well. Bye. Bye.